What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. More ways to win. With Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're live today. This is us talking. This is not recorded. We are live talking. We did not record it. This is July 1st. Oh, I'm upset. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just it's kidding. July 1st. We are not talking live. <laughs> Update on the 1st. <laughs> uh, we had uh, an interesting discussion that started at the end of the first hour of the show. And uh, Samari Roll's name came up. And we, I said, oh, well, you know, one thing about Samari, you never have to wonder who is the top cornerback. Mm-hmm. In Titans history, Titans history. Anytime we start bringing up like the top running backs, everybody wants to tweet us and say Earl Campbell. When we say Titans, yeah, they're like no, we're just, we know he's great. Mm-hmm. We were little when he was big. We remember him, but um, I know, I do. I well, remember. I remember his name, but I don't remember watching him play. Oh, I remember watching him play. Oh no, I never oh, saw he him was, play. Like, oh, I saw gosh. highlights of people, you know, tearing oh, his jersey and trying to oh, not, not take the right angles to tackle. And I'm uh, he won the Heisman <laughs> Trophy at Texas, and then he just stepped in and ran all over everybody for like the next five years. Oh, yeah, but he was yeah. done after when I when I saw him play. It was his uh, last year, I think, with the, with the Saints. In his first year with the Saints. Oh, that was hard to look at. Yeah, that was tough. Had the wrong number on. Yeah, that was, oh, that was bad. That was uh, but he was a lot of fun with the Oilers. Uh, first three years. Go and look at his first three years as a running back in the NFL, and you will see an unparalleled trail of destruction. For running backs, I always talk about eras. Earl had his first three years. He was in the Hall. Earl was a Hall of Famer after his first three years. I- I'll say that till I die. As hard as that is to believe, he was so unstoppable for three years because the train had run its course. I think by eight years, he was out of the league. Mm. Well, the train, he was in the Hall of Fame on, on thigh pads for me. 100%. They were the size of notebooks. <laughs> like the size of a like trapper you. keeper. I'm like, dang, I don't even know if I could have tackled those thigh pads. So you guys can blame Eric uh, in the FNM bank chat for this. Talking about some mooring. And, and great he, cornerbacks in tight Great history. cornerbacks. And Eric throws this out. He said, is Christian Fulton the third best cornerback in Titans history? He said, Alteron Werner had only one good year. Well, he was a multiple-year starter. He made one Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Before he went to Tampa, he said, Cortland is clearly number two. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yeah, that's probably right. I mean, Samari's number one. Samari, if you're listening, we don't question that. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, really, it's interesting. If you look at the best Titans at a lot of positions, it's unequivocally the guys that it was it was your era, Blaine. It, they still hadn't been topped a lot of them. Bruce, the best old lineman. Of course, he's one of the best in history of the whole league, like of all of NFL. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's up there with the greatest. He's up there with the greatest of the greats. Not just the tides. Uh, you know, Samari at, at corner and Mr. Monday Night Bullock, who was part of those mm-hmm. teams with you, although he joined in 2000, wasn't on the Super Bowl team, but. A lot of those guys, well, Samari's clearly the number one cornerback. I don't know anybody. If you'd like to argue that, we'd love to hear from you. 615-737-1045. So, 
Cortland Finnegan. Number two. Number two cornerback. Been a, had been, what, a safety at Samford? Uh-huh. Seventh round draft pick? Yeah, same pick as me, 214. Dang. Think about that. Yeah. How many franchises have hit twice on 214? Yeah, that was pretty big. That was hard. That was, yeah, that was our, our connect. We were, like, we were like draft pick bros. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> you know what, too, they did with Finnegan? And I'll never forget this. Uh, he is one of the, oh, I, I got you. He is, he is one of those guys that before they ever had to re-sign him, remember, they re-signed they him. They did. He had out-kicked his, his, his contract, and they, they rewarded up, him. Up. Yeah, they did. And remember, it was fair for both sides. They, yeah. We were talking about this with like Big Jeff, like, oh, man, don't, you can't wait. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Oh, well, no. The first before Big Jeff was even, it was Albert. Oh, it, you could have gotten Albert for like 30 something million. <sighs> Remember that? Oh. Albert, if you're listening, I don't want to say the number's wrong, but wasn't it? I don't it, know what it was. But it was somewhere in the middle of the 30 millions, right? I don't and know then he wound up getting like, all of the millions from the command skins. Yeah. And then they changed the defense. <laughs> yeah. And then, He's a nose guard. Oh, my gosh. He was like, wait, wait a second. What, what, what am I here to do yeah, now? Because I don't it, do take that. Take your check, man, to be having me nose guard. <laughs> wait a second. I, I didn't come here to do that. That, that was the year they actually signed him. Then they, you know, got a different coordinator on defense. And, oh, man, that was horrible. But, uh, yeah, there were some names that come up here. You know, you got Dyson, Walker, you know, Denar Walker, uh, who I played with both Dyson and Walker uh, uh-huh, uh, at cornerback. And Pac-Man Jones, I think, may be the number three. Did he ever make it to a Pro Bowl? Listen. He was electric, man. I, I Even at corner, returner, it didn't matter. I mean, we can talk all you want to about off the field and all that crap. But, man, I, I don't know. I think he may. He was whew, He was something there, boy. He was only here, what, three years? He, well, Four years? He only played two. Two years here. And they got him skedaddled. and 06. He's a starter. <laughs> he was pretty good. He... What he did he had do? in two years here. He had four punt return touchdowns in his second. And I think I remember one getting called back at a game I was at. He ran and like slid down the goalpost yeah. pad. That's what he remember. He would do that. I swear one of them He's got called back. So he, he would have had five. I swear there was a punt return where he had one call back uh, in a game. Somebody like Rhett Bryan would remember if I'm right or not on that. But I oh, remember man. being at that game. He was. He was. Somehow. He started like thirteen games. In 15 games, then he, this is on pro football reference, missed season violation of league personal conduct policy. So that would have been his last hurrah here. So that was 05, 06, 07. Then if you remember this. Oh, man, so he was only played two. Two years on the field. And he's in the top. I mean, he's up there, man. And we'd have to talk about him because how good he was. Yeah, he was. And that's that's a shame. That was only two years. So you got McCourty. You got Fulton. I feel like we're missing somebody. You got Werner. Yeah. You talk oh, about dude, the Cody Sensabaugh. Okay, football for it. He he was okay. <laughs> I think Great we guy. Have, Great I guy. think we have figured out that J Mac is number three. He I never made so. a Pro Bowl, but he was McCordy. Eight years here, rock solid, Jason McCordy, like Where where's Dyson on this? Where did he he never made a Pro Bowl? He made plays on the football though. Andre Dyson played four years here and started like every game mm-hmm. from the time he got here. He and Kevin, and people, if, if you're new to town and you're like, wait a second, I know Kevin Dyson. The, Andre Dyson's his brother. Mm-hmm. They played on the same team in the NFL. They both scored a touchdown in the same game. That was, was a real thing that happened. That Imagine being like their mama yeah. and you're watching a game and both, and one plays defense. Yeah. 
and they both score a touchdown. That How happened. How proud of you, man. Oh, my gosh. Got to be, got to be. Two kids from the same house played for the same NFL team. From the same and, mama. And from the same mama. <laughs> and he left, and then he went and played for the Jets. Andre did. Yeah. And Kevin's always told me that another brother is a better athlete than both, both of them. Both of them, yeah. Yeah. He did. So I got to. I wish I, I would have got some of those things. Right? Boy, me too. I've settled for. And you also have Logan Ryan, who came in here as a cornerback. Did a solid job there. Uh, what was he here? Three years too. Logan Ryan, uh, three years. Wait, Seventeen. Converted 18, to a safety 19. more so in the nickel guy the third year. And he started started every game. Uh, had four interceptions. Essentially ended Tom Brady's oh, career in New England, as many people have talked mm-hmm. about. Mm, you know, yeah, Denar Walker. I don't. It's something about consistency, even though you don't have Pro Bowls on there, man. I, I, McCordy and Walker, really, and I, I know he was my former teammate, but I think he gets uh, unjust due. He was really, really good player. I know everybody just thinks about the Super Bowl play, but he was in good position. The ball wasn't on the throne. He was right there. Wish it would have been a good throw. He would have been able to make a play, but he was fast. He was an alternate on the track team at LSU. I think just won another national championship again. D-Walk, four years. 97, 98, 99, 2000. So a Tennessee Oiler and then a Tennessee Titan. So a Tennessee Oiler for two years, a Tennessee Titan for two oh, years. Yeah. Started, uh, uh, he started, he was a four-year starter here. Mm-hmm. I look back and I think, because he went to Denver. I remember him going to Denver, but it's like, dang, man, how did he get away? Yeah, they just let him walk because I think we paid Samari. Yeah, and that's what happened, and then yeah. he ended up in Minnesota. He kind of went to different places. He, I mean, he kept going. I, I think he might have played thirteen. I don't know, man. He kept going. D. Walk, Denver, Minnesota, Oakland, Oakland. He finished in Oakland. How many years did say he play? He played four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Oh, he only got nine in. Mm-hmm. Okay. He played twenty four to to uh, thirty two. He played nine years, and I and he could have to me moved to safety and played it. He had some physicality to him. I just think he didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't want to embrace it, <laughs> but he did. So, but yeah, D. Walk. Well, that's a tough one, man. For number three, you got Dyson Walker, Pac Man, McCordy. Safe play is McCordy, Jason McCordy. So yeah. McCordy at three, uh, Samari Cortland, J Mac. You put D. Walk at four. It's a whole bunch of guys that played four years here. Essentially, they played their well, first you got, contract. Well, well D. Walk never made a Pro Bowl. We forgetting Werner did make a Pro Al-Tron Bowl. Alfred Werner did make a Pro Bowl. He did so four I, years here. Yeah, so I might have put him there. Even though I don't think he was a better talent, but he did make a Pro Bowl when he had an exceptional year. So yeah, come back, got to lean with him. Him, and, you know, they were more playmaker type cornerbacks than D. Walk. D. Walk always played played it close to the vest. He was he was kind of like me. Uh, <laughs> Oh, here's one for you. Who I, I I know we're forgetting somebody. Who is it? Fort O nine O four says Malcolm Butler was solid for us when he was here. I know people hated him at the end though. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I was a fan. yeah, I like Malcolm. You like Malcolm Butler? I did, I did. I thought he got the, you know I like players who get the most out of their ability. I mean, he was and three. He, he was three years here. He was solid. Yeah, and I think one of the years I think a lot of people because he had broke his wrist or. Something he couldn't play there. I think maybe the second year, uh, but he was a solid player. It could have been justified to keep him when they released him. I, I like Malcolm Butler. 
one name that we uncovered, and you're like, oh, I remember that guy. But McCourty, uh, eight years. McCourty started, for eight years. Ha- and started for five of those eight? He started six of the six, eight. Six, Not okay. his first two years, but then he was always, oh, okay. according to Pro Football Reference, and he was a starter for all uh, the six final years. I just think for longevity alone, you got to put J-Mac at number three. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Harper definitely. Nick Harper was the guy that we unearthed who I'm like, I'd forgotten about him. No, and I you didn't. mentioned maybe him not being the, the fastest guy. Yeah, well, him and Werner, but they were super sharp and understood schemes and systems by the other offensive teams. So they, they really, you know, they got more out of their talent than what they, you know, really went out to. Uh, probably my version of what I would have been if I was a cornerback. They were, yeah. And they, they had short lived, like, boom. And then once it ended, it was like over, like, immediately quick because once they lost a step, they were, you know, and kind of like that. They went from four five to four six. Uh, bloop, done. Him and Burner, they were they were solid, solid, sharp football cornerbacks. Yep. Richard Johnson, who is that? Richard Johnson played with the Oilers. We're talking about only Titans. I told you somebody always digs up, you yeah. know. Richard some... Johnson was actually the same number as me too, by the way. Oh, he was? Twenty three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was yeah, he there cool. until you got there? And then No. Okay, he was way ahead of you because I got to think like I don't, you know I don't what I mean. Normally, I remember all these people. He was, but he was never. Uh, they gave me twenty three because twenty three was available. So I, don't, I think his, I think his career ended. He maybe was the year before I got there, eighty five to ninety two. Yeah, I think Richard Johnson. Yeah, and he was always for the Oilers. That dude's yeah, he like ninety eight games. He was a solid player. Oh yeah, no doubt. He had Fifteen picks. Yeah, I got a chance to uh, meet him a couple years ago. Dude, he was six one when nobody was six mm-hmm. one playing corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like seeing a unicorn in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Then you say, who's this character with this shirt? Shirt guy with my number on. Man, you held that number down pretty yeah. good for a while though. Yeah, I, I think I finally beat him out for Oiler Titan history in, tw- for number, number for the best number twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so you that passed was our connection there. Though he was like, "Man, you you overtook <laughs> me, man." That was his first comment to me when we met. Because <laughs> I think they did something in Houston there, so it was hilarious. But uh, yeah, well, great you, dude. You last in the NFL that long? Uh, you, hey man. I'm listening to some of these guys, and they only play like eight or nine. I'm like, dang, well, I made it to ten, huh? I would assume they. I, I don't know why I thought D, I thought D-Walk was going to trust because I think when he went to the Raiders, they were trying to move him there, and he just, yeah, D-Walk could have played so he could hit, he could tackle. Samari was a willing tackler. <laughs> he got to be more of a willing tackler there with the Ravens, but I think it's because a lot of those uh, Florida guys were on that team. And, hey man, you better, <laughs> you better hatch it up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you play with uh, Brother Ray. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, those guys are like, hey, man, every, every... everybody tackles around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Andre Dyson, 16 interceptions. That's 19th in team history. Yeah. Well, I said, remember, that four remember years? my description of him? Playmaker at the position. Gosh. So, see, see, but see, all right, go go now and go read how many times he got beat for a touchdown. And see, that's why I like Jason McCourty, because when you look at the resume, you see interceptions, but consistency to me wins out. Yep. And he took a he took a lot of risk and it paid off for him at times. It did. Cause I, I felt like he made plays on the ball like every other game. And sometimes he picked for touchdowns. Cause he's right there on the sideline. But then he was also getting <laughs> getting torched. So <laughs> you know some some guys uh especially a cornerback they go, hey man, well I'm gonna get beat, so why not take some risk? Yeah Dyson had three touchdowns. Okay. He had three touchdowns. Yeah, so returns. Yeah. Wait. See, but he can go down like, oh, I got, you know, 19 touch- interceptions. Well, Cortland Finnegan got three also. No. 
That's mm, that's balling, right? How there. many ints? Yeah. Corlin Finnegan had uh, 14 interceptions okay. in his uh, Titans career. I would definitely say not as much as uh, Dyson, but I, I would say he was riskier than the most. Like uh, Harper, uh, Burner, they were like risky type guys like that. Like every game you knew they were going to take some risk. Well, well, this guy's not a corner, but uh, when you talk about interceptions in team history, one guy stands above all as Titans, Kevin Byard. Oh, yeah, he's KB, 27 of those rascals. Uh, yeah, he's number one for sure. I, I think, yeah, he's number one in safety, even at cornerback, but I think Michael Griffin's up there as well for number two. Yeah, number kind of easy for me. 25 for him. Yeah, no, he. but I'm going to say this. He was the most talented, Griffin. So then how do you weigh that in? Because I, so did he get all he should have gotten? Almost, almost, because he should be number one on the list based off his talent. You know who had five career receptions for the Oilers and Titans? Who the the Hitman? <laughs> How many touchdowns I have? Uh, one, one interception <laughs> touchdown, so, and you so, had a fumble recovery touchdown too, didn't yeah, you? So, so what, what, where's my ratio? Five to one to their. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. Twenty percent of the time, if you picked it, you were taking it to the house. Uh, we got to go to the house and get John Glennon. Yeah, he will right. join us next. We can ask him about this and a bunch of predator stuff, no doubt. Let's see something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she? not seeing us back to the usual i guess ma'am can you not see us nope they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants you are invisible online introducing cumulus boost get a boost get found get on the map learn more at cumulusboost.com what companies deserve your hard-earned dollar which would you want to work for how can you know if they share your values just ask us just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Two thousand years of reporting on the Titans and Predators. That's John Glennon Sports. It joins us now. Hey, Glennon Sports with the Nashville Post. All right, JG, we got to ask you a bunch of a bunch of Predators questions. But we were trying to figure out this, and we knew that you would have great opinions on it. So Sabari Roll is like the unquestioned number one Titans cornerback in Titans history. Would you agree? Yeah, and and probably slide. Cortland Finnegan on the opposite side of him. Is that are we there? Okay, okay. Maybe Jason McCourty because he was a, a, an eight-year player for the Titans and started for the last six years and change. If you say he's number three, if you agree with that, if you agree with that, and if you don't, who is number four? Who is number five? And who would be number three for you in Titans cornerback history yeah. for Titans? And we'll name oh. some guys too. But yeah, you, you know Harper, uh, Werner, uh, Dyson, Andre, Dyson, Walker, uh, Pac-Man. 
I mean, and then I, exactly. That's what we're like. Ooh, Somebody man, said Logan a, Ryan. Logan Ryan. Yeah. Cody sent a ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can let's go, you know, Malcolm Butler. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I always like to uh, uh, sort of take a look at those things and research them before you fire up. That's why I want to give you a list. And that's yeah. what we came up with the list, the, the people who were mentioned. And we kind of agree with those guys that mentioned, but it's kind of hard to say who's four and five. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, I, I liked, um, you know, what, what, what Werner did. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to automatically say he's above the rest because I like to Kind of go back. He had one Pro Bowl, so he did have an exceptional season. Mm-hmm. He did, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, put up some some very good numbers. Uh, made a made a splash. Uh, um, oh goodness. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, it wasn't for a long time, but I did like you know what they, what they got from from Logan Ryan in terms of you know culture change that way and so forth. Um, but uh, Dyson had 19 sacks. I mean, uh, interceptions. So that put him where at on the list in Titans history. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was top 20 yeah. in Titans history. Yeah, 16, 16. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, man, I uh, let me. Uh, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> let me, you got to pass it me. to you. Do your research. You'll tweet it out for us. Actually, yeah, that's right. About, about 10 minutes I'm off the air. Let me, let me get back to you on, the, on that. That was a tough one. That, that was. Pac-Man Jones in two years, the third year, I think he was suspended. But, man, was he electric. Yeah, yes, I mean, he, he was. electric. And, God, and, 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 you know, arguably even more so, or at least Turner. as much so on special mm-hmm. teams as he was as a, as a, as a corner as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, my, minus the off-the-field allegations, and it's hard to say minus the out the field allegations, but yeah, <laughs> certainly talent level, uh, you know, without question, uh, you know, belongs near uh, near the top. Well, since we asked that question first, we'll just start with the Titans news before we get into the Predators, and uh, that is, you know, how much do you think uh, the MPF, uh, you know, suspension, and how much it could cost him, or what do you think the plan will be for the Titans? Kind of twofold question. Uh, bad weekend for the Titans uh, with all the uh, other news there with uh, Haskins, but. Kind of take us through what you see working out here for the Titans as far as playing tackle, and could he lose his starting job uh, based off of who you think they should move there? Yeah, it's it's a tough situation for the Titans because there's really there's there's not a lot of experience on that on that team in terms of you know playing tackle in the first place and playing right tackle at that. You know, some of the guys that that come to mind, you know that 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 you know you think about who might step in there. You know, Jamarco Jones comes to mind because he's versatile. He's played a little guard and a little bit of tackle, but not much tackle. Uh, um, you know, the the uh, the rookie, of course, Jalen Duncan, the the, the uh, six round draft pick, is a possibility. But I think you know he's looked at more of as a project. To me, it's kind of hard to imagine him being the starter. You know, uh, right out of the gate there, and you wonder about even other possibilities. You know, uh, to me, one that maybe makes sense. Daniel Brunskill, you know, who I think is kind of penciled in as the right guard, he actually has probably the most experience at right tackle outside of Petit Frere. You know, I think Brunskill played 300 snaps at right tackle uh, back in 2019. Uh, But then you run into the issue, okay, if you're going to move, think about moving Brunskill over to right tackle, well, obviously who's going to step in at right guard? And then do you say Jamarco Jones at that point? Um, so a lot of lot of different ways the Titans could go. You know, two others 
you know, there's even, you know, some school of thought, you know, maybe, hey, Skaronsky, you know, is, is a great left tackle. Maybe he swings over to right tackle for a while. But, but boy, you know, you're throwing so much at Skaronsky already, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning the guard position in addition to, ta- to tackle. Um, you know, that that's certainly a tough challenge. And then, you know, okay, do the Predators just uh, – excuse me, the Predators. Do the Titans just say, all right, you know, we, we've got to uh, – We've got to make another dip into the free agency market. You know, is is George Fant a guy that we've got to have? Uh, certainly gives you some experience, some size. You know, would solve a lot of problems. Uh, would obviously take a chunk of change um, uh, as well and leave you limited in in terms of uh, of salary cap and and space. So yeah, they've been left with some real questions as a result of that suspension. What did you think about the MPF suspension? You know, because you're hearing, you know, two sides of the story, like that he asked multiple questions about what he could and couldn't do. And they never came into resolutions. And he thought he was doing everything right because he wasn't betting on NFL games or, or, you know. So how do you view it? Just the overall, you know, picture knowing MPF, who's a pretty sharp guy. I don't think he would do anything against uh, what is asked of him as far as the rules. So. You know, you see sometimes things can happen to a good player, I mean, a good person, even though it wasn't clarity given to him, and unfortunately it's going to cost him. Yeah, you know, I, I think that anybody who spent, you know, time with, with NPF uh, last year, you know, probably came away pretty impressed yeah. as a guy who's yeah. is pretty sharp, um, you know, uh, a, a guy who was uh, pretty clear-minded, um, you know, not the kind of guy that, that you would think, um, you know, missed out on, on gambling rules seminars or, or anything like that. Um, so from that standpoint, you say, boy, what, what happened with the team or, or, or whether it was the coaching staff or the team or whoever, you wonder why that message wasn't delivered well enough because of a guy as, as bright as NPF missed it, you know, maybe it wasn't evident enough. On the other hand, you look at the team and you say, okay, and you look at the league and you say, okay, there haven't really been a slew of suspensions for, for guys who have bet in the, on the, in the facility, whether that's Titans or otherwise. I mean, we've seen a handful of them, but not an unbelievable amount. So from that point, that standpoint, do you, do you sort of say, well, MPF, did you miss something? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of other guys clearly did not miss something. If there were, if there were a lot of guys gambling and, and, and chose to do it, you know, away from the facility as well as opposed to what he did. So I can understand, you know, his frustration, uh, you know, but, you know, boy, on the other hand, it's just such a, it seems like such a simple rule. It may not make much sense, that rule, but it is a rule, you know, Follow the mm-hmm. rules and and you know take care of your 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 gambling business elsewhere and you're safe and and evidently he missed it so uh, I guess that uh, you know that that will be the eternal question whether whether he was informed well enough or whether he uh, he was not paying enough uh, attention. Well, that's what's so funny is he came out with an article that he I mean I guess they came out with an article you know another format there just you know a month or so ago talking about all the questions he asked and. Right. Uh, they they gave him the answers and he felt like he did everything that was you know asked of him. So you know it's always confusing. I know when I was a player, which was eons ago, messaging was not clear. Different time, different era. Same things are happening, and that's uh, what's really uh, you know baffling because that should be clear cut. It should be really easy 
And yeah, and I and, think and, it, and people I assume think, that it is, but I beg to differ. There were things that people sure. would vote on, and then I'd be like, "Well, when did somebody call me and ask me to?" I'd never heard of this vote. <laughs> I mean, just imagine yeah. that. If I'm saying that, then that still goes on today. Yeah, and, and and I think you know, unfortunately for guys like like NPF and and the other guys who you know did even more significant things like like betting on on the NFL and betting other teams, etc. Unfortunately that, for horrible. these guys, yeah, uh, they're going to wind up being guinea pigs, yeah, you right know, for, for the league mm-hmm. because the league is clearly looking at it and saying. Okay, whatever we did, it was not enough. You know, whatever we, whatever message we were trying to get across, it's not enough. And I'm sure that message is going to be highly, highly uh, reinforced when these guys roll into training camp, uh, because the NFL doesn't want to see this happening uh, again. And unfortunately, as I say, for for guys like Nick Petit Frere, he has to, in some ways, serve as as an example. You know, this is what happens if, if, you know, either you didn't get the message or you weren't paying close enough attention. What Whatever happened, you know, the NFL is going to make a change now. And unfortunately, Nicholas Petit-Frere was on the other side of that message being heavily enforced. Yeah, we're on with John Glennon, covers the Titans and the Predators for National Post. So, J.G., let's, I don't even know where to start uh, with the Preds, but maybe let's start with the additions over the weekend. It was certainly some nice names. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was listed as the number one free agent by some publications, but I think the age and maybe the length of his contract and the age of the other two free agents had some people scratching their heads a little bit in the middle of a rebuild. I think that is fair to say. Um uh, I think there are certainly those those questions asked by some, but I, I think sort of what the Predators, you know, maybe the message from the Predators was, was a couple of things. Uh, one, they don't feel like it's a rebuild, you know, and they have said that it's more of a, in their minds, it's more of a retool. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily feel like they have to completely clear the decks of all veterans, play a bunch of 23-year-olds, win 20 games, and, and get a, you know, a, a very high draft pick. They're they're apparently this you know what they're telling us here they're not interested in that and they feel like they've got enough in the system right now um, that they can be competitive and 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 be a team that you know when these prospects that they have already start to uh, you know really get seasoned and become NHL you know good solid players that that uh, you know they're they're going to be okay and I think what they're also saying you know is that. They are okay having some veterans in the lineup. It's just which veterans they wanted to have in the lineup. You know, they, they obviously were ready to part ways with, with Ryan Johansson, send him to, uh, to Colorado and paid half his salary. Um, they bought out Matt Duchesne, you know, two uh, veterans who've been here a long time, who've, who've produced. Um, and what they wanted was, I think, more, and, you know, Barry Trotz has repeated this many, many times, you know, more of that, that leadership culture. And I think that's where you, where you see the signings uh, over the weekend of Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, just unquestioned leaders, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, that, that uh, should really help guide and mold these younger prospects. So I think there, there was certainly a subset of, of fans probably who are saying, hey, you know, what are you doing? Uh, because, you know, these guys are older and they're, and they're signing multi-year deals. But I, I think the Preds, you know, that it's about as much as, as leadership with those guys 
you know, as it is about their talents, I think. Uh, that's, that's really, you know, Barry Trotz wanted a culture change. And if you want culture and leadership, guys like O'Reilly and Chen in particular, those are the guys you're going to look to in, in terms of kind of molding that, uh, that group of young prospects that they have coming through the ranks right now. We're low on time here, but I did want to ask you this. Of all the things that Trotz has done so far, which move has surprised you the most? You know, honestly, it might be uh, the head coach, um, I want to say. And I thought, in my reasonings for that, you know, I thought, A, that he, Barry Trotz might kind of ease into his job a little bit, that uh, if anybody was going to have a little bit of sympathy for a, for a head coach under fire, it might be Barry Trotz, who has been a head coach for so long and had a long leash with the Nashville Predators as well, uh, and that he respected the job that Hines did with the youngsters and, and a core of veterans that was inconsistent. So I kind of felt like he was going to give Hines at least another year before making that change. But as we have seen already, Barry Trotz is not wasting any time in, in making moves as the new GM. The Trotzinator. Hey, uh, JG, man, go get your uh, your fireworks ready for tomorrow, and we appreciate you joining us. Lots of good stuff from John and his counterparts at the Nashville Post. You can follow him at Glennon Sports as well for all the latest Preds and Titans coverage. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Famous barbecue. Okay. What's, your, what's, your, what's your favorite? Oh, favorite barbecue. Mm-hmm. Ribs. What is my favorite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What's well, on the Glennon Grill for tomorrow? I'm not. I'm not real picky, but whatever they uh, pretty much, pretty much whatever is hot and is served coming in my direction. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not a uh, you know. I'm not a, a fine cuisine barbecue guy by any stretch. Yeah, so, same. Right. You drop it on there and drop it on my plate. And well, I'm that's good. our next question to all the listeners there at the Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. Oh, what's, what's our, thank yeah, you, JG. What's on the menu? Hot dogs, hamburgers, ribs. You can hit us with that on the way out as John Glennon says goodbye. Thank you, sir. Uh, always great talking to John Glennon. What is on the grill for you tomorrow? Uh, F&M Banks out wide open, 615-737-1045. Also, something that should be on the NFL menu that the USFL did that I think the NFL should do. It should be on their menu starting like now. I'll O-E? tell you what that is and what's on the grill. O-E? Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Tomorrow, so don't stop till you get enough off the grill. What, what's on the Hitman's Grill for Fourth of July? Oh yeah, I'm just typical burger, hot dogs, and some ribs. Oh, 
Yeah, got to get some ribs. Are you cooking those on the grill or like in the crock pot or something? Because people no, kind of no, roll I'm, both I'm, ways I'm, on them. Yeah, I'm rolling with the grill. Okay. Get me out there on the grill, man. Yeah. The grill, man. Yeah, we're doubling down, too. So we, you know, we're going to go over some friends' house. we going to double dip. Kind of like I don't know you. how my stomach going to do. I'm kind of like you pretty basic. I, I'll tell you, though, what I'd rather have than anything right now. What's that? Like pork chops. I'd rather have a, a pork chop than anything. Oh, I didn't even think about getting some pork chops. I mean, like the thick pork chop. Like Ooh. my grandmother used to make the little thin ones and have uh-huh. gravy. Now, I'd like to go back in time and eat those because yeah. she's not around anymore. Remember, like everybody's grandma would yeah. buy the little pork chops oh, yeah. and smother them with gravy? Yeah. Uh, boy, I would. What I wouldn't give to go back and have I'll that. I have some wings, too. Got to have Ooh. wings. Got to have some wings. Okay. Barbecue rings. Wings. Okay. Put, you know, put some barbecue on them, yeah. Man, you're going to be yeah. busy. Yeah, this, yeah. this prep right. starts tonight, yeah. sounds no, like. You know, I, I already prepped my wings. <laughs> yeah, that, that's already they started. Okay. Ready right now. Okay. Yeah. Getting them right. And my, my wife, she's doing she doing the ribs prepping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we, we take, you know, but I do all the cooking. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's what they say. This is what needs to be on the menu for the NFL. I had this in my notes from last week. In a USFL season just ended. As Blaine pointed out, they were out there drinking 40s on the 50 after the game. <laughs> I was, I was like, Canton. dang, they got 40s up there? 40s on the 50. They That's got to be a new tradition, yeah, 40s, 40s on, on the 50. 50. Then they said yeah. they were using Steph Curry's. I don't know if it's his. You know, uh, we put them to sleep, you know. You know, y'all sleeping on us or whatever. That little, little thing he does. What do you think so happens with that? the quarterback from the Stallions? He was head and shoulders. And I know you're not studying NFL stats. No, but but he had a great year. Like, he was head and shoulders the best quarterback in the, the Stallions. Does that get him a number three spot for somebody in the NFL um, this year? I, well, I can Alex Magoo? Yeah, I think he's going to get in somebody's camp. And uh, he, depending on how quickly he can pick up the the offense, you never know. Yeah, with that third quarterback, I think it's open. It, it, you know, right situation, he could be a two. You just never know at that quarterback spot because there, there's guys that are hitting gems, and, and then once they get their opportunity, you go, dang, well, how did they miss him? He gets on the, you know, the right team, opportunity presents itself, and voila. You're like, dang, this guy should have been in the NFL. Uh, so that's why I see, I like your idea of combining those two leagues. USXFL. But I, uh-huh, yeah. but I also like the idea of, more expansion to come, not just overseas, but also here in the United States. But that's going to bring, uh, you know, more opportunity, even if they expand over there, you know, in other countries, too. He was a seventh round pick of uh, what Seattle spent a practice squad year there, practice squad with the Jags, couple years with the Texans, back to Seattle again. And then he's now in the USFL. So he's five year NFL guy. Pretty much back and forth on practice squads or what, three or four years. Practice squads has never, looks like he's never played in an NFL game per pro football but he's reference. He's been at the practice. In, in, oh, yeah. Been on, been, been with organizations, practice squad for type four stuff. years. Yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. See, so he's got experience and maybe that's, that's why he looks how he looks like. He looks polished and head and shoulders over everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I, yeah. I wouldn't put anything past him. Hey, hey. Uh, the Titans lose out and have to cut a quarterback? Never know. Well, I, I'd kick the tires on some of the receivers in that league if I was the Titans. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely saw some of them. You kick the tires on a tackle if you had to at this point. Um, I mean, I, I'd at least look around. Their season's over. You can uh, sign who you need to sign. Uh, I tell you again, though, what I would sign from the USFL. So this was from a playoff game. Late in the fourth quarter, the Maulers were playing the Panthers. Michigan connected on a 55-yard touchdown pass to take the lead. The officials called 
Michigan's right tackle Josh Dunlap for a face mask, and it took the score off the board. They have a sky judge, though, Mike Pereira, the guy from TV. He looked at the play. It was no face mask. It was one of those times where it just looked like it. Mm-hmm. Like they had the, like grabbed at the jersey. the jersey, and it just saw, yeah. Mm-hmm. He overruled it. It was not a face mask. It was clear. They eliminated the penalty, and the touchdown stood. And that's what the NFL needs to do. The sky judge. Don't have to rule on everything, but if it's clear and obvious, think about in the Titans Ravens playoff game when CJ got hurt. They had a play, the Ravens did, which the play clock had been down for like two full seconds late in that game. Dude, I was there. That clock was at zero a couple times, and they, did, they hadn't snapped the ball, and they whiffed it. Yep. The referees. What if the sky judge had been there? He'd be like, no, fools, that ain't no play. Yeah, that was That's some, a penalty. That was some years ago. It happened twice, like you said. One time forever. I was like, what? That was delay a game. Sky judge. Oh, what? That playoff game, what was the Rams and the Saints, where the guy just got obliterated by the cornerback and they didn't call pass interference? Sky judge could have said, hey, man, that's clear as day passing. It's clear as day passing. He tackled him. You have to call mm. it. Sky judge. Now, you guys set some parameters, but we have the technology to fix obvious blown The sky just actually doesn't even have to be there. They review all the plays. Yeah, from command center somewhere. They could be in a blimp floating above some other city. It's in Manhattan at the NFL (laughs) headquarters. I like the blimp idea. Yeah, it does. That is pretty cool. (laughs) I don't know if he has enough technology up there in space. I'd be a little worried about a blimp. Yeah. Well, Getting Sky good. Judge, you got the technology, man. It's time. You shouldn't miss obvious calls. Yeah. Well, Sky Judge is telling us we got to go. It's time to uh, put 3HL up next. But in the meantime. In between time. Peace. Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.